KMTT, Ki, Mitzion, Tetzay Torah. And today is Monday, regular Shir of Harav Moshe Taragin about Tefillah. Harav Taragin. The Shir on Tefillah have addressed various themes of Tefillah, various modalities of Tefillah, with the assumption that Tefillah is a reflection of the human religious condition, of the religious heart, yearning for contact, for encounter with the divine transcendent being. And that encounter is mediated from many different emotional states, reflective of the turmoil and the vicissitudes of the human emotional experience. The Shrim also addressed several components of the tefillah, whether it's Pesukit Zimra, say, lead in for our requests, generating a relationship of love and passion, thereby rendering our requests part of a larger context rather than egotistical juxtaposition of Geula and Tefillah. And finally, the distinction between Kriyat as an affirmation of basic tenets of faith and Amida, standing in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in prayer. I would like to speak briefly about an adjunct to Tefillah, an experience which structurally may be dissimilar and even independent of Tefillah, but which typically occurs during tefillah, when it occurs. This, of course, is the experience of Kriyasatar. Kriyasatar, per se, doesn't seem to be affixed to tefillah, though when the Rambam mentions Kriyasatar in Hechus Tefillah, Parakut Beis, he does mention that it should be read during Shachris of Monday and Thursday. Some may suggest that Chazal instituted Kriyasatara as an element of davening, but primarily it seems to stem from dual takanos, one of Moshe Rabbeinu's in the moments after Kriyas Yamsuf, in the couple of days subsequent to Kriyas Yamsuf, and a Takana which was reinstated or reconstituted later by Ezra upon his return from Galas Bavel, the return to Eretz Yisrael. Either way, it's clear that Kriyas HaTara constitutes an opportunity to study HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Torah in a communal, collective setting, and thereby forms a complement to classic Talmud Torah, which of course can be studied publicly, but can also be studied privately. Kriyasa Torah is an opportunity to jointly read Pesukim in a communal setting. However, the Rav Zatzal, Rav Salavetcha, claimed that there are two additional features, two additional aspects to Kriyasa Torah. The first aspect he established based on the primary source of Kriyasa Torah. The Gemara Bavakama on Daf Pebeis describes the or elaborates upon the Psukim in Parshas Bishalach, Vayelchu Shloshet Yamim Bamidbar Velomatsumayim. They wandered three days in the desert. After the great miracles, the great epiphanies of Kriyas Yamsuf, they wandered three days without locating water. Darshe Rishimos Amru, Chazal are referred to as Darshe Rishimos, as people who read between the lines of Tanach, who didn't just take the text at face value, but were able to intuit deeper meanings, to decode some of the statements of the Torah, some of the Pesukim of the Torah, into deeper meanings. So, Darshe Rishumos, those who classically would um, investigate the lines of Tanakh, in this case Chazal, Darshe Rishumos Amru, Ein Mayim El The Pesach doesn't just refer to the search for water, although that occurred as well, but they were thirsty for Torah, Mayim is a sustainer of human life, just as Torah is. Mayim is a purifying agent, so is Torah. There are several reasons that, classically, Mayim 
is compared, or Torah is compared to Mayim. But in this instance, the search for water echoes a search, a longing for um, Torah. Kivan Shahalchu, the Gemara says in Bavakama Pebez, Shloshid Yamin below Torah. They had spent three days without any Torah, without any contact with the Kurdish Baruchu, Nilu. They experienced a bit of spiritual or national melancholy, Nilu. Instead of the Yamsuf witnessing the revealed, overt hand of the Kurdish Baruchu, Chazal tell us, Ra Shivcha Alayam. That a simple handmaiden witnessed Hakadosh Baruch Hu at the Yamsuf in manners that far surpassed the great theological, um, philosophical visions of Yechezkel. Yechezkel is perhaps the most theological of all the prophets, and yet his vision of Hakadosh Baruch Hu was dim when compared to the overt presentation of the Rabbanu Shalom available even to simple shvachos on the Yamsuf. They stood at the Yamsuf and they pointed, announcing Zeh Kelevian Veo. Typically, whenever the term Zeh is employed, the person reciting that term is actually pointing to something almost tangible and palpable. Kadesh Baruch's presence that day was so tangible, they could even employ a term typically reserved for concrete objects. Zeh Kelevian Veo, the Kelevivar Amenhu. They felt their Rabbanu Shalom's presence so concretely, so compellingly. But it's easy to celebrate in a religious triumph, in a moment of deep religious ecstasy or euphoria. But the challenge is to walk away from the Amsof and to retain that religious enthusiasm and religious drive. And somehow at this moment, that challenge wasn't fully met. And three days without contact with HaKadosh Baruch Hu had instigated a bit of spiritual turpor. So, what happened? Amdu Nevi'im Shebenehem, an interesting reference to Moshe Rabbeinu, the contemporary prophets, presumably Moshe, perhaps joined by um, contemporary prophets who aren't mentioned and we may not know of, but may have existed. V'tiknu lahem sheyukarin b'shabbos u'mafsikin echad b'shabbos, v'karin b'sheni u'mafsikin shlishi v'revi, v'karin b'chamishi u'mafsikin erev shabbos, k'day shelo yalinu Gimel Yamim Belotara. Moshe instituted the first stage, the skeleton of Kriyasatara. Monday morning, Thursday, Shabbos at Mincha, to assure that for the continuation, the remainder of Jewish history, Jews would never allow a three-day period to elapse without contact with the Torah, without contact with the Rabbanu This is the primary this is the initial stage of Kriyas HaTar, Parshas B'Shalach. What's fascinating about this timing of the original legislation is that it occurs prior to the actual delivery of Tara. Prior to the delivery of Tara as a normative text, and prior to the legislation of Talmud Tara as a normative experience. So the question is, first of all, what were they reading? A question which doesn't really provide immediate answer. They didn't literally have the Torah as we know it. They evidently had some recorded text from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, or perhaps Moshe Rabbeinu instituted it, but delayed its implementation until after Harsinai because they had nothing to read. It's an interesting question unto itself.
But in addition to the question of what they were reading, a parallel question is, why were they reading? If they weren't not normatively obligated to study Torah, how could Moshe obligate them to read Torah in public? The answer, as Rav Soloveitchik suggested, is that Moshe Rabbeinu's institution, or legislation of Kriya Torah, is not primarily intended exclusively as communal Talmud Torah, but to maintain contact with the Rabbeinu Shalom. The absence of that contact had crippled the nation spiritually and existentially. And Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to assure that three days would never elapse without that contact. Kriya Satara is not just an experience. Of course, there's no question that reading Torah in public constitutes Talmud Torah. But the primary intent of Moshe Rabbeinu's Takana was not to legislate Talmud Torah, but rather to legislate contact with the Rabboni Shalom within an every three-day period, a contact mediated or facilitated by reading the word of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And this notion of contact, of existential contact, is feasible, is realizable, even before Har Sinai, even before Kriyasa Talmud Torah becomes a legislative norm. When the Rambam records the mitzvah of Kriyasa Torah, in the beginning of Hechaz Tfilah, Perak Yud Beis, Halacha Aleph, Moshe Rabbeinu tikein lehem Yisrael shiukarim batara barabim b'shabis uvesheni uvechamishi b'shacharis kidei shelo yelchu kidei shelo yishu gimel yamim below shmiyasatar. So that three days shouldn't elapse without hearing Torah. Why does the Rambam highlight the term shmiyasatar? The Rav, that's all explained, because that's the point. The purpose of Kriya Satara is not to reconstitute Talmud Torah in a broader setting. Of course, once Kriya Satara is legislated, there is no question that it does constitute some form of Talmud Torah. The primary purpose is to allow that contact, that interaction with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, mediated through the media, the text, the public reading, there is no mitzvah. This isn't a cognitive or cerebral experience to study. Typically, Talmud Torah constitutes some form of study, understanding. The Gemara in Bracho says, Igor If a person reads a blot Gemara and doesn't have any clue what is occurring, then that is an empty religious experience. It may signal some yearning, some interest, certainly superior than other ways to pass your time. But it does not in any way entail a halachically valid form of Talmud Torah. When it comes to the Torah Shibichsav, this is HaKadosh Baruch Hu's directly revealed word. Simply reading, simply listening to the words entails a religious fulfillment, a fulfillment of Talmud Torah, even in the absence of any complementary or corresponding comprehension. The Takan of Kriya Satara demands, first and foremost, to listen to the words, of course, an understanding and a comprehension will enrich that experience. But primarily, the obligation is to listen to HaKadosh Baruch Hu's word, and through that experience of listening, to reconnect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu without that lapse of three days. To capture the difference, the independence between Kriyasatara and Talmudara, the Rambam highlights the word Shmiyasatara. This is a mitzvah not to study Tara, but to hear Tara in order to ensure that three days don't elapse. Fascinating Gemara.
the Gemara in Megillah questions why Kriya Torah has a baseline of three aliyahs. Rashkarish and Chalamoid, an extra aliyah is added, there are four. And typically, in Yom Tif, there are five aliyahs. In Yom Kippur, there are six aliyahs. In Shabbos, there are seven plus, depending on whether Hasafos are inserted. But the generic baseline of Kriya Torah is pivoted around three aliyahs. Why don't we call three people up to read from the Torah? The answer is not Kohen Levi and Yisrael. The Gemara in Gittin establishes the hierarchy of Kohen Levi and Yisrael as a technical device to avoid tension and conflict. If the first aliyah were available to the entire population, then there'd be great uh, debate and dispute about securing that first aliyah. As it is, there's great debate typically swirling around the distribution and allocation of aliyahs. Could you imagine if they were all equally available? So to establish some pecking order and thereby limit the options and create some degree of orderliness and organization, Darche Shalom, Chazal, hierarchy to the Kriya, first Aliyah can only be delivered to the Kohanim, the second to Levim, the third and onward to Yisraelim, thereby creating some structure to allow more fluid allocation of Aliyahs. In fact, according to one position, if there's a city which is filled with Kohanim and only has a few token non-Kohanim, so in that city, the hierarchy is reversed, and the first aliyah is delivered to the non-Kohen, because in this context, delivering the first aliyah to Kohanim would create greater chaos, whereby reserving it for a non-Kohen would allow greater order and harmony. We don't accept that halacha, but it certainly exists and is a popular position amongst the Rishonim. So returning to the original question, why are the three aliyahs, the answer cannot be because we need Kohen Lev Yisrael, although that is one position we'll see in a moment. So the first position stated by the Gemara in Megillah, one of the positions stated is Kinegatara, Nevi'im, and Ksuvin. One aliyah captures Tara, one aliyah captures Nevi'im, one aliyah captures Ksuvin. The Rav asked, why at this stage of Kriya Tara are we interested in symbolizing texts which we aren't reading from? We're reading from Tara. Kriya Tara is an experience-based, centered around Chamishachom Shetara. There is no mitzvah to read. Uh, Nevi'im and Ksuvim. Subsequently, at some later stage, the mitzvah of Torah developed, the minigav of Torah, in part according to some positions, because Kriya Torah itself was suspended based on persecution and legislation against Kriya Torah. But at this point, Moshe Rabbeinu established Tarkan, ideally, we read from Hamishu Hamshaytara. Why should we read an aliyah which corresponds to Nevi'im and a third aliyah which corresponds to Ksuvim? So they have answered that from the perspective of Talmud Torah, there obviously there are differences between Torah versus Nevi'im Meksuvim. Torah is directly, divinely ordained. Nevi'im Meksuvim is divinely inspired. Those differences rep- re- uh, represent themselves or express themselves in various halachos about how to read and how to craft a Sefer Torah versus how to craft Nevi'im Meksuvim. Different, discrepant levels of Kedusha. So certainly there are differences between Nevi'im and Ksuvim versus Tara proper. But fundamentally, they're all Dvar Hashem. Fundamentally, they all represent contact with the Kodesh Baruch Hu, whether direct contact as envisioned or as realized through reading from Tara per se, or intermediate contact by reading the divinely inspired word as a Navi prophesized. But if we are interested not in studying Tara, but in exposing ourselves to that encounter, or reinforcing that thrice, or within three days, that encounter with the Kodesh Baruch Hu, then the differences between Torah 
versus Nevi'im and Ksuvim begin to blur, because each of those texts affords that encounter. Each of those texts facilitates that encounter. So, in a sense, we could be just as capably reading Nevi'im and Ksuvim within that three-day period and facilitating that encounter. So, Moshe Rabbeinu felt that Torah would be preferable. So, practically, normatively, Kriya Torah is limited to Chamisha Chom But to sort of symbolize symbolize the substructure of Kriya as an experience designed to facilitate and to ensure contact, we dedicate an aliyah for an aviyam, an aliyah to symbolize Ksuvim, to remind ourselves, as it were, and to capture in symbolism the reality that we're not interested in the content as much as in the lifeline, which the overall body of Kisve HaKodesh, which incorporates both Torah as well as Nevi'im and Ksuvim, which that overall body allows. So the first component of Kriyas HaTorah, primary component, independent of Talmud Torah, according to the Rav, was a facilitator of contact with the Kodesh Baruch Hu within a three-day period in response to that national crisis in the wake of Kriyas Yamsef. The second component, religious component of Kriyas HaTorah, beyond just collective communal Torah study, is evidenced by an interesting Yushalmi in the beginning of the third paragraph of Megillah. Yushalmi chronicles, <coughs> actually in the Yushalmi, the third paragraph of Megillah, HaKaryomed, in the Yushalmi is reversed. In the Yushalmi that appears as the fourth paragraph. So if you're actually using a Yushalmi text, you'd have to turn to Parak Dalad. But it refers to the Parak of HaKaryos and Megillah, which in the Bavli editions is the third paragraph of Megillah. In either event, it describes Rabbi Shmuel Bar Rabbi Yitzchak visiting a base Knesset, visiting a base Knesset during Kriya Satar, witnessing a certain person standing to, in this case, not read from the Torah, but to perform the services of Tirgum. In the days of Chazal, before Torah Shabbat Peh was committed to text, Kriya Satara was accompanied by a secondary agent who stood and delivered the various drashas of Torah Shabbat Peh surrounding each Pasuk. So a few Pesukim were recited, there was a pause to allow the Meturgamon to interpret them, and not in a linguistic interpretation as much as delivering the various drashas which surrounded each Pasuk which had been read. In any event, for the purposes of this Yushalmi, the Meturgamon was governed by the same laws as the person who actually read from the Torah. The same expectation, the same laws were applied to each. He saw this mitargim, Samich Lamuda. He saw him leaning on a pole, leaning on a pillar, rather than standing. Amar he instructed him, Asalacha. You cannot sit or lean during Kriya Satara. Just as Torah was delivered at Harsinai, with fear and trembling, with quaking and shivering. So, you must render it in the formal capacity since you are supervising and participating in the delivery of Kriya Satara, you must adopt a posture similar to the delivery of Torah at Harsina. Based on this episode, based on this storyline in the Shami and Megillah, the Rav claims that Kriya Satara is an attempt to reincarnate, to redramatize and to restage Harsinai once every three days. Harsinai is such a seminal moment in the legislative and revelatory history of the Jewish people. All of our source and faith stems from Harsinai. In fact, the simple reading of the Pasuk in Pashas Veshanan, 
Hishamar lecha pentishkach has had devarim asherayu enecha ufen yasur milavcha kol yemecha yecha toad atam levanecha levanei vanecha yom asher amantaf Hashem alokecha b'charev. The simple reading of that pasuk suggests that there is an actual biblical prohibition against forgetting Har Sinai. Very few commentators actually cite this prohibition. However, the Ramban, Rabbi Moshe ben Nachman, does in fact list this as a prohibition beyond educating ourselves and our children to the content of our Sinai, to Torah and mitzvos, we must also relate to them the events, what occurred. It wasn't just a dry delivery of texts and commandments, but it was a great moment of epiphany, an epiphany lodged within a setting of cataclysmic changes of nature, of angels swirling above the mountain, of a mountain billowing in smoke, of an entire nature stilled by the presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, somehow we must relay to ourselves and to our students and children that sense of majesty and of, and of the moment that Har Sinai occurred. And if we forget it, then even if we recall the Torah, again, it would be difficult to conceive of remembering Torah without some even general, casual recognition of the source of Torah. But in theory, even if we'd study and obey the mitzvahs of Torah without remembering Har Sinai per se, we may be in violation of a mitzvah So, according to the Rav Zatzal, this memory of Harsina has to be anchored to a practice of Kriya Torah, which recreates the setting of Harsina. By reading from the Torah every three days, we are recreating this moment of its initial delivery. This is precisely why Rabbi Shmuel Bar Yitzchak chided or critiqued this Baal Kriya. Again, he wasn't the Baal Kriya per se, but effectively... He was a form of a Balkriya because he was delivering the complimentary Tirgum. That's why he critiqued him and instructed him to stand upright, just as those at Harsinai had received the Torah. Everyone who was in the in camp, the camp of Harsinai was quivering and shaking on the day of Harsinai. Torah must be rendered in similar fashion. This is why many people have a minhag that not only should the Balkriya stand during Kriya Satara, but the Tzibor should stand as well. Two positions in the Raman Shulchan Arach, some are very makbid to actually stand during Kriya Satara, based in part on this Yushalmi, and in many cases based in part on the Ravs. Many Talmidim of Rav Salavechik have that minak, that they actually stand during Kriya Satara to recreate Harsinai, based on this Yushalmi. The Yushalmi actually continues by citing a parallel episode, Yishalmi continues with Rabbi Yitzchak visiting a second base Knesset, and he witnesses a different Maturgam making a different mistake. In this case, not leaning while participating in Kriya but standing alone at the Bima and delivering his Tirgum. And Rashmur by Yitzchak critiques him as well, scolds him as well. He tells him, Asr Lecha. Just as the Torah was delivered at Harsinai through an intermediary, Pasuk writes, Moshe Yidaber, there was some sort of dual delivery system where Moshe spoke and Akadosh Baruch Hu echoed. Similarly, every Kriyas HaTorah must be attended to by two. Sirsur, Samach Reish, Samach Vav Reish, is a phrase for a middleman or an intermediary. Typically, a sirsor, in the strict halachic sense, is someone who serves as a financial mediator or intermediary, buying from one and selling to another. In this case, of course, uh, 
the Torah is not describing, the Gemara is not describing financial mediation, but spiritual mediation. At Har Sinai, at least symbolically, Amisol felt that Moshe was reciting Torah, which HaKadosh Baruch Hu echoed, and to capture this dual delivery system, Kriyas HaTorah must be performed by two people at once. This is why we have, um, again, in our day it's less necessary. We don't really need a Gabbai in our day, because typically a person who receives an Aliyah doesn't read from the Torah personally. There's a Baal Kriya standing next to an Oleh, so automatically Kriyas HaTorah is structured around two. But classically, the minig is to establish a gabai who distributes aliyahs, and the gabai should stand near the Torah. They make more sense practically for the gabai to stand amongst the, um, you know, within the shul itself, within the larger sanctuary, to have greater access to people, to ask them to receive aliyahs, to ask them to receive hagvon glila. But the gabai typically stands at the bima nearby the Torah to ensure that Torah will be delivered jointly and to better capture the taste and flavor of Harsina. So according to the Rav, the second element symbolized or captured by Kriya Satara is not just reconnecting to HaKadosh Baruch Hu by exposing ourselves to his word, but redramatizing the moment of Harsina. This, according to the Rav, explains a different view on those three aliyos. The Gemara Megillah asks again why the generic three aliyos, and one answer is in order to um, typify or symbolize Tara. Nevi'im and Ksuvim. But there's a different opinion in that Gemara of Megillah, Daf that the three aliyos symbolize Kohanim, Levi'im, and Yisraelim. And again, not because we want to deliver to Kohanim or deliver to Levi'im. We need three to symbolize three. Now, once we establish three aliyos in symbol or to capture symbolically the three segments of the Jewish population, now we have to make a decision how to distribute them so the distribution strategy is based on certain practical concerns of reserving the first aliyah for the population that is least represented in shul, typically the kohanim, and thereby avoid as much stress and conflict as possible. But why, to begin with, a priori, should we be interested in delegating or designating an aliyah parallel to each segment of the population? The Rav explains that one of the features of Har Sinai aside from it being the supernatural, legislative, revelatory moment, is that the entire nation was assembled. Throughout Sefer Dvarim, several occasions, I'm just reading from Perak Tess, Pasek Yud, Vayitein Hashem Eli, Yishnei Luchos Avanim, Ksuvim Be'atzpe Elokim, V'yalehem K'chol HaDvarim HaShediber Hashem Yimachem Bahar Mitoch HaEish, B'yom HaKahal. Har Sinai is referred to as a moment of HaKahal a moment of great assembly. The entire population was assembled surrounding Harsinai. According to Chazal, every neshama, every Jewish soul, was somehow present at Harsinai. If Kriyas Atara, the rough claims, were really meant to reinstate or reenact Harsinai, then every Kriyas Atara would have to be attended by every single Jewish person, certainly every Jewish live person, every live Jewish person. For it could not be Harsinai if it weren't a Yom HaKahal, a day of great assembly. Now, obviously, that's impossible to gather every single Jew at every single Kriyasatara or even at any Kriyasatara. So, what is impossible practically is captured symbolically. 
We can't actually have every Jew present. So we designate an aliyah to symbolize each segment of the population. One aliyah would symbolize the Kornim, one aliyah would capture the Levium, one would capture the Yisraelim. Again, you could have had 12 aliyahs, but first of all, that would make Kriya Satara much longer. Perhaps also, we didn't want to um, designate aliyahs per population slices, but per structural topography, topographical slices, Machne Kahuna, Machne Levia, Machne Yisrael. We can't effectively recreate Yom HaKahal, but we symbolically recreate Yom HaKahal by delivering an aliyah to represent each population. We achieve the number three as our baseline. Of course, on certain unique days, we add aliyahs. Once we have three, then we make practical, strategic decisions about how to allocate them. But that's, again, a secondary source, the Gemara and Gitin, about achieving harmony and avoiding strife and struggle. So according to the Rav, Kriyas HaTorah constituted an opportunity to reenact our Sinai, that great historic legislative moment. The truth is, this reenactment of Harsinai, through reading publicly from a Torah scroll, is not just an institution of Moshe Rabbeinu every three days, but it seems to be part of the actual system of Tariyak. There is a mitzvah which appears to be a reenactment of Harsinai, again, not every three days, but in this case, every seven years. The Pasuk writes in Devarim Paraklamet Aleph, in an interesting phraseology, Hakhel Esa'am Hanashim Vanashim Vataf Vigircha Shebisharacha Leman Yishmu Leman Yilmedu Vyaru Sashemelokechem Bishamu Lasos is called the Tarazas. Once every seven years, Matsai Shmita Sukkis, right after Shmita, the mitzvah of Hakhel is performed, the entire nation gathers with an emphasis on its entire populational sweep, Hanashim, Vanashim, Vataf, men, women, and children, for a public recital of parts, at least, of the Sefer Torah. The Rav claimed that this as well, by its very name, Hakel, is not merely communal Torah learning at the end of every Shemitah cycle to recharge our Torah knowledge, but a one-in-seven-year normative, in this case a mitzvah menatara, not just a takon of Moshe, a normative biblical command to reenact our Sinai. When the Rambam describes Hakel in Hilchas Chagiga, Paragimel, Halachavav, he writes, this is in reference to Gerim, but there's a broader description of Hakel, even though the Rambam is trying to explain why recent converts have to attend, even though they may be ignorant of Torah. The Gerim, Sheinam Makirim, even recent converts who are ignorant of Torah, they must still turn their hearts like Shiva's nam to listen as carefully as possible. Lishmoa to hear the Torah text. Be'ema v'yira with fear and quaking. Vegila birada and the joy of fear, the joy that comes from the recognition that you fear a transcendent, distant being. Kiyom shenitnabau b'sinai, as the day in which it was delivered at Har Sinai. Even wise sages conversant in the entire Torah should listen with extra kavana. And the Rambam now generalizes the purpose of Hakel is to reinforce our religious basis 
each person should envision himself as if he were currently, presently commanded, as if Harsina were just occurring. And he is listening to the voice of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The Melech, who typically reads during the ceremony of HaKel, is in this case a stand-in for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. makes us imagine we fear a king in many ways, structurally analogous to the fear we have of a king, the fear we have of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Melech Malachim, Malachim. The Rambam constantly, constantly reinforces this association between HaKel and between Harsinai. An association which, again, is borne out by the very name of this mitzvah HaKel. Even Gerim, who can't understand this isn't a cognitive mitzvah, but an experiential one, to relive Harsinai, to imagine them standing in Harsinai. Even Tamidei Chachamim should imagine as if they had just received the Torah at Harsinai. HaMelech Shliachu Lashmiada HaSakel and therefore the king should read rather than any other Talmud Chacham. So this notion of recreating those great events in Harsinai is not something which is solely limited to Moshe Rabbeinu's Takan of Kriyasatar. It occurs once every seven years collectively as a biblical commandment. Moshe sort of stretched that notion and incorporated it within our Kriyasatara every three days. The truth is, it wasn't just Moshe Rabbeinu. But later in history... It seems as if Ezra and Nehemiah had that same concept in mind. When they returned from Eretz Yisrael, when they returned, excuse me, when they returned from Avel, Eretz Yisrael, we witness a public reading in um, Ezra, actually it's Nehemiah, Perak Tess, we witness the return led by Ezra and Nehemiah, in this case it's Ezra, by Asfu Kalaish Kalam, they all gather. This is on the uh, first Rosh Hashanah, the first Rosh Hashanah. They instruct Ezra, this is again Nehemiah Perches, they instruct Ezra to, um, to bring a Sefer Torah. He opens the Sefer Torah, but everyone is present. Unfortunately, only 40,000 Jews return with Ezra from Bavel. So 40,000 Jews gather. They read from the Torah, from daybreak till noon. For the men and women, and all who would listen, Every single member of the people, El Sefer HaTorah. Twice, the Psukim in Nehemiah, Paraches, emphasize the collective presence, Ish v'Adisha, men and women, Hanashim v'Hanashim v'Hamevinim v'Aznei Kolam. The Rav claimed that this too was a once-in-history reenactment of Harsinai. Hakel occurs every seven years, at least when we have the Beis HaMikdash. Moshe Rabbeinu's Takana demanded a miniature Harsinai every three days, Monday, Thursdays, and Shabbos, by Mincha. Ezra felt that upon the return from Babel, returning to Eretz Yisrael required some sort of recall, some sort of restaging of Harsinai. So he gathers them all in Rosh Hashanah, and he reads from the Torah, 
And he demands their collective presence so that their return to Eretz Yisrael should be founded upon the principles and experiences of Harsina. So it wasn't just Moshe who instituted reenacting Harsinai. It was a command at the biblical level, and it was implemented by Ezra upon the return from Golis Bava. Of course, this association between Kriyas Athara and Harsinai, Mitzvah of Hakel, the experience during the days of Ezra, and the return to Tzion, Shivat Tzion, expands Kriyas Athara beyond Mir Talmatara and has a very important ramification. If indeed Kriyasatara is more than just collective Talmatar, but entails some attempt to reincarnate Harsinai, then women are just as obligated as men are in the midst of Kriyasatara. Magan Avram in Hechaz Kriyasatara mentions this, and he alludes to the mitzvah of Hakel. In fact, not only are women chayev, but without women, we may be missing an essential element of our population, and at least symbolically, have a deficient seabor for Kriyasatara. We may not have the Harsinai element without that full representation of Hanashim Nashim. Again, how to quantify or how to define what level. Do we need 20 people or 30 people? So obviously it was something which symbolically was suggested. But women's chiv in Talmud Torah, not vis-a-vis the communal expectation that women should be there, but from the woman's perspective that she should join and participate in Kriyasatara, is certainly highlighted by associating Kriyasatara with Harsinai. And in fact, uh, if a woman were to come into shul a little bit late, as sometimes mothers do, Shabbos morning, and were to arrive in shul as Kriyasatara were about to begin, not yet having davened, they should certainly prioritize Kriyasatara and daven later. Women certainly don't have a chiv to daven with a minion. Even if women are chayiv in tefillah, it's only a once-a-day chayiv. They can't be chayiv to the actual timing of tefillah. That would be as mangrama, at least according to the Rambam feels that the mitzvah is minatara, but certainly they should listen to Kriyasatara and then only subsequently daven shvon esrei or the rest of davening because their chiyav and their participation in Kriyasatara may be more substantive than their chiyav of tefillah. So these are the two components of Kriyasatara which the Rav elaborated. One is an existential, experiential contact with the Kodesh Baruch Hu's word. So three days never elapse without that lifeline. Second element reinstating, re-dramatizing Harsinai on a daily or th- three times a week within a three-day period, reinstating the great moments of Harsinai so we don't just remember them conceptually, but we relive them at least experientially.